Hello everyone and welcome to the Buzzcut November update. It's uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks as usual in markets. Uh, we had some uh, positive news out last week uh, with the US inflation numbers coming in a bit below expected which has really kicked off a valley over the last week and uh, that's lifted spirits despite some of us coming down with colds and uh, the weather turning down. Uh, Mike, good of you to join us as ever. Uh, what did you make of last week's action? Yeah, hi Dan, uh, and I am a bit croaky, the uh, November weather's kind of got to me, but um, yeah, so so we have, we, we're, we're in this kind of curious environment where I think you have to appreciate how markets behave in that we've had two inflation readings, CPI and PPI, consumer producer prices, both of which have come, come in slightly less than expected, but still at very, very high levels. So CPI, for example, in the US, the, the, the rate of change year in year is 7.7%, which historically, certainly for the last 30, 40 years, is, is enormous and is causing lots of lots of stress and lots of trouble in economies. But it came a little bit less than expected and led markets to, to believe, I guess, that inflation has peaked and will now come down from, from, from here. I, I think the jury is still a bit out on that. The market move was enormous, so the S&P in the US rally nearly 6%, which historically is a, is, a, is a huge kind of move. The only previous times we've seen moves like that have re- really been in the context of economic or financial market crisis when, for example, you get a change in, in policy making. So quite a big move there. And that just shows you how sensitive the market is to inflation and where inflation goes. And I think this is going to be a big story into into next year. One lingering concern I have is that, you know, a lot of commodity prices are kind of stable at high levels. Some marginal drivers of inflation from used car prices to lumber have come right down. But inflation is quite sticky. Wages beginning to rise, service uh, inflation is is quite high. Uh, So that is all uh, a concern as we head into next year. Yes, I think the conversation will change now from when does inflation peak to how quickly does it come back down to the 2% level that policymakers desire. But uh, as you're saying, in the last week, equity markets have risen on on the back of the inflation number. Something else that's done well is the government bond market. So those have rallied as yields have come down. And also the dollar's weakened, which has taken some of the pressure uh, off uh, parts of the world which had their currencies really suffering. It really caught out some of the hedge funds though, I think so. A lot of the names that hedge funds were short, i.e. they're expecting share prices to fall. They've rallied quite quite a lot and we call that a short covering rally. I think we've mentioned it a couple of times we have, because yeah, we've yeah. had these bear market rallies. It is quite illustrative to look at the biggest stock in the US market though, which is Apple, uh, which uh, you were mentioning before we started recording, I think is now worth as much as Amazon, Tesla, and what's the third one in there, Mike? I think Amazon, Tesla, and maybe Google. You know, people talked about the, the fangs, the fang stocks, the big tech stocks. And what we've seen is the previously gargantuan tech stocks like Meta, the old Facebook, Amazon, both of those really taken down a peg or or two or three. I mean, they've halved, I think, in the last six months. And that speaks a lot to how people are, are, are changing the way they use technology and also to how the consumer is. But Apple has remained pretty, pretty strong and pretty well bid. 
I think what, what's at the back of my mind as we get into next year is uh, will Apple just maintain its strength? The new iPhone, the iPhone 14, hasn't been selling as as robustly as perhaps uh, other new um, issues have in the past. And maybe some fund managers now begin to kind of do a value growth trade in tech, which is buy some of the cheap tech stocks that are really, you know, knocked down like Meta maybe and, and out of Apple. So that's a big trade to watch for, for next year. Yes, I, I get the sense that a lot of fund managers who have to hold so much in equities have already hidden as much in cash as they can. So the, they've had to hide somewhere else as well. And I suspect Apple is one of those stocks that's benefited because certainly when I look at it, some of the valuation metrics, I think Wall Street expects it to earn just a bit over $6 next year. Yep. And they're putting a 24 times multiple on that. For those that aren't familiar with this terminology, if you take the share price and divide it by its earnings, you get a price to earnings ratio. And that's a measure of how cheap or how expensive a stock is. And pre COVID, it would trade uh, between 16 and 18 times. And now it's at about 24 times. So there's plenty of scope for Apple to re rate a bit lower. Yeah. Uh, it's just the catalyst for that. Turning back to um, the rest of the world, uh, China reopening is one of the stories that people are looking for because this would spur a lot of uh, demand for commodities among other things and the jury's still out I think on what what China's going to do in terms of reopening they, they seem to be making steps towards it uh, and lifting some of the COVID lockdowns but it's not fully reopened yet. What is unusual in China is that there's beginning to be political opposition to the tough COVID stance and even some cases of rioting which suggests that socially and politically China's probably reached the limit of uh, of the COVID policy. And we've seen already seen a couple of big, big day rallies in, in the Hong Kong exchange on, on the back of this. Um, if this happens, it's probably a, a broad positive for the world economy. Not a great positive if you're a Western central banker worried about inflation, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a sort of a, a stimulus, if you like. And if you think about how the Western economies uh, reacted when they came out of the COVID lockdown, and you have the same in China, then that, that produces kind of a boost to the world economy, which probably means that, that rates will be higher for the rest of this year, or next year, rather. Yes, so China reopening would bring uh, more demand back, whilst the Western central banks are currently to ca- trying to raise interest rates to create demand destruction. That's, that's what you're saying, I think. Exactly, yeah. And uh, the other piece of news we saw recently was US midterms. Uh, so the Republicans did uh, not quite as well as expected. I think they've got the House but not the Senate. So that could create a few issues for President Biden uh, going forward in terms of trying to get uh, changes through. Uh, and the final story that I think we'll end with this time is crypto. Uh, we haven't spoken about crypto for a while because it's it's not that stage of its particular cycle where uh, things are, what I'm saying, how can I put it, going wrong or, you know, Fraudsters have been cleared out of a system. Uh, it seems to happen every four years. Um, I know crypto's not been around a long time, but there's a pattern there. Yeah, that's true. So I think this is where my love of financial history kicks in because anyone who has seen financial innovation in the past, it tends to operate like this. You get these big bubbles in prices, they correct. And then the infrastructure in the industry really gets sorted out. I do think that looking at it from afar what's happened with that FTX is seems to be a case of you know, extremely bad governance 
and borderline fraud. Um, and that's kind of collapsed at the house of cards, um, you know, across exchanges. And it is ironic because many of the people in the crypto industry, they disavow the whole idea of a centralized financial system and regulation and control by central banks. Um, to the extent that anyone who invests in the stuff or in, who, who trades with these exchanges, you know, you're very much on your own. You have no recourse in many of the, the normal areas of kind of financial uh, financial law. Two things are going to happen. I think the crypto exchange is going to come under a lot of pressure. I think there will be pressure for them to be, for the exchanges, maybe not Bitcoin and other coins to be regulated, but the exchanges will be more tightly regulated. And I think the trend, the next trend would be digital assets infrastructure. And we're seeing that already. I mean, last week, the New York Fed has uh, started an experiment with the 12 big banks in, in, in the States to basically start to trial digital coins. So that whole area, I think, is, is, is still going to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I think the issue of regulating the exchanges is, is a very sensible one because in terms of how do you guard against money laundering and, and bad actors in the crypto space, I think the only way you can do it is by regulating the, as they call it, the off-ramps. So when you're converting from crypto back into you know, dollars or pounds, etc., that's when the regulation can really kick in and be effective. In the meantime, I, I think anyone who's got money left on exchanges, I, I'd be very careful there. I think so far we've had FTX is the big one recently. That's, as you mentioned, uh, gone under. Uh, I've seen also BlockFi, uh, Genesis, I think yesterday. Some of these I, I've not heard of before, to be honest. But um, they're pausing for withdrawals uh, or indeed going into liquidation. Two things to watch for, I think, in the crypto space. Uh, one is MicroStrategy, the company that added Bitcoin to its balance sheet with leverage. And the second one is Tether, the stable coin where if it turned out to be fraud, it would be the least surprising news story I've ever read. <laughs> so I would keep an eye for those as well. Yeah, um, exactly. In the meantime, our portfolios, of course, they don't have any crypto in there. Uh, so this is more just general financial news. Our portfolios remain defensively positioned less volatile for the market, but holding up. We'll see. We'll see what the next month brings. And I look forward to speaking to you again in December. Yes, Mike. very much so. Yeah, yeah.